La pendule fait tic-tac, tic-tic. Les oiseaux du lac, pic-pac, pic-pic. Glou, 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 font tous les dindons. Et la jolie cloche, ding-ding-dong, mais boum. Bonjour, my rugby friends, et bonjour, Mike. Bonjour, how are you doing? You okay? I'm fine. Can't believe it's already episode five of the French wow. Rugby Connections, the oh. rugby podcast with a Gallic twist. So a lot of a uh, lot of rugby to talk about and a lot of rugby news. Yes, we'll go through that in a minute and we'll review as well the top 14, um, the Euro um, Championship Cup. And, yeah, and the I... Challenge Cup. And you've got some jokes as well, a bit of French lesson. And I think we've got a little Welsh lesson as well today. Yeah, so you said so. <laughs> but, you know, I think what I'm really, really pleased is that I, I feel very, very fortunate to have been able to speak with um, Simon Gillam, who is the uh, one of the shareholders of the uh, of Brave Rugby Club oh, and, and president. And his chat with me was very, very insightful. And, Excellent. Um, yes, I'm sure you you will you will enjoy it. Yeah, so, looking forward to it. <laughs> yes. And our listeners, of course, as well. So let's start with some key news in relation to the French and European rugby before we start reviewing the top 14 and the Euro Cup. So do you recognize that music? Yeah, it sounds familiar. But what's that got to do with French rugby then? Well, Mike, you know, you were there. You were there to mention it on Twitter on the day one. It's all mm. about the uh, the promotion of the Rugby World Cup train. Ah, that makes sense now. Yeah. Yeah, it's going all 20, 24 stations around France. That's correct. So yeah. they started in a garden you know, and they will visit uh, many different cities, you know, uh, yeah. in which, you know, rugby is playing an important part, uh, such as Lyon and uh, uh, Marseille and also some new Brilliant. cities such as, you know, Lille, which is really growing. It's nice to know that uh, the rugby in North is, is growing as well as in the in yeah. as well. So yeah, they, they've a... just announced that the top 14 semi-finals are going to be played in Lille um, next year. So that's that's another bonus for for the North. That's very positive, yeah. and it's a good uh, good uh, good roadshow as well because uh, people will be able to visit that train. Brilliant, and uh, they can view the, um, the 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 World Cup as well, the the, the trophy. Which yeah, is, uh, I saw. I saw them in Paris. They had, um, I think, Rafa Ibanez was there, and um, Sebastian Chabal, quite a few celebrities. And uh, it, does it finish up at the Stade de France, the, the World Cup? Correct. Yeah, and it will finish on the twelfth of October. Oh, okay, brilliant. Yes. Yeah, gosh, yes, it won't be that long now. <laughs> no, 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 exactly, and. Um, Another thing, you know, I was mentioning that you know the uh, the, the, the that tour will fin will uh, also visit you know a few towns in Brittany, okay. uh, Rennes, and Van. And to talk about Van, you know, it's really amazing. They they've only started playing, you know, lately, you know, for for rugby and that topic, the Pro D two. I have to say, you know, that's a, a very um, famous and 
good player, Nick Abedanen, you know, is now playing for them. So he may have yeah. had a, Yeah, I'm an sure impact. that'll have a big end, but yeah, he's a superb player, isn't he? Yes, absolutely. And uh, yeah, so who knows, maybe if they, if they carry on on the, um, on the journey, rugby journey, they might uh, join um, top 14 next year. Be great, wouldn't it? Be great to have a, a team from that region in the top 14. That'd, that'd be wonderful for the game. That would be good. That would be the uh, that would be a very nice addition, I think, to uh, to um, to the south or western usual, you know, uh, rugby places. Yes. So, um, Mike, French rugby election oh, taking place this yeah. week. <laughs> I knew I'd get the Bernard Laporte bit. I'm sure many of the listeners will have seen on Twitter pictures of me playing the piano for Bernard. I have to say, I wasn't involved in this court case, so I'm quite free to talk about it. Um, we spoke about it on last week's podcast, but um, Bernard Laporte was released last Thursday without charge following a, a three-year investigation into various corruption uh, matters. Um, it's still to be decided if the investigations will go further. But of course, um, elections, re-elections, you know, we're not talking about Trump and Biden here, we're talking about Laporte. <laughs> and Laporte. I believe there was a debate uh, yesterday. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, not... I'm sure it'd be better than that debate, that's for sure. But yes. yeah, Bernard, of course, is saying this is all a ploy to uh, unsettle his um, his campaign. Um, his main rival is a guy called Florian Grill, which which I thought was, was the name of a restaurant chain, but he's <laughs> I mean, actually... Uh, quite a high profile guy and he's actually got the support of Serge Blanco and surprise surprise Guy Noves. Yes. So um it'll be very interesting it's all taking sort of taking shape this week so it'll be very interesting to see um how this pans out. Uh <laughs> Yeah, another thing with you know more court action the LNR the, the body that controls French rugby. Yes. They're taking the French Federation to court over the French internationals this winter. They already had an agreement for five internationals, but um, the FFR brought in a friendly against Wales, and that seems to be the sticking point. France, uh, the, the LNR saying they're not going to allow any top 14 players to take part in that game because they haven't got an agreement, and it's outside the international window. So it's quite possible France could field a team against Wales with no top 14 players in it. So um, another another court case that we need to look out for, and obviously um, we'll keep everybody updated on this podcast. You know, to be honest with you, it would be good for non-experienced, you know, player to uh, to play against Wales. Yeah, it'd be great. It's a friendly, you know, good hopefully practice. Hopefully, give Wales more of a chance as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you know, I was mentioning earlier, I had a this delightful conversation with Simon Gillam earlier, and uh, obviously, you know the. All rugby club in France, like in the UK, you know, that's suffering because of the COVID-19 yeah. restriction on yeah. the amount of crowd they, they are allowed to, to get for on match days. And uh, there's been some rumours, and actually it's more than rumours. It's uh, There was a, a letter that was uh, uh, sent to all club owners of, uh, of Club 14 uh, this week. There is a company called... Novalpina, I believe. Okay. Let me double check. Uh, who? Uh, hang on. Novalpina. Private, private investment, equity investment company, I believe, aren't they? 
That's right. That's right. Yeah. So they're based in London. They have offered 200 million euros in return for a 20% stake in a new company that would be set up to manage wow. the LNR's commercial assets, Ooh. including broadcast and sponsorship rights. Okay. So, um, well, that's a serious amount of money, isn't it? Yes, it is. And actually, you know, it's it would comprise, you know, the top 14 and pro D2. So we're talking about 30, 30 clubs, the yeah. country's top two division. Uh, and yes, he, uh, um, the poll goes with the uh, LNR, which is a French rugby league uh, president, has sent letters to clubs informing them of, okay. and now I can pronounce properly, of the, the investment yeah. interest. It's called, it's a Novalpina. Okay. Of so, uh, as you know, no, it it's, could become very handy Absolutely. to have that, uh, I wouldn't say golden handshake, maybe, you never know, uh, because um, it's, it, it's coming are losing up... a lot of money, aren't they, with this uh, pandemic? I mean, it, it's really serious, isn't it? Yes. Because yeah, so, because, uh... you know, the, the, the club, the, the French Rugby club are really suffering right yeah, now. Yeah. Several club sides, including you know Toulouse, Bordeaux, and La Rochelle, yeah. they are said to be at at risk of bankruptcy. Yeah, well, that sounds like it's uh, it's more than likely to go through. Then I would imagine. And today there was an article from um, the owner of Racing, uh, Jacques Lorenzetti, saying, "Guys, you know, uh, <laughs> even if some clubs are owned by some, you know, some well-off." Well, of individuals, you yeah. know, we can't carry on investing in money no, that, that's make, right. that's that will make a, a loss. So they're crying out for some support as well from the French government. Otherwise, okay. the rugby is at risk yeah. of of um, of being bankrupt. Yeah, absolutely. So, yes, to be continued. I'm yeah. keeping my finger crossed that a solution will be uh will be taken place not only in in france but also in the uk because it's affecting actually all all over the world yeah, absolutely world, yeah it's very very worrying worrying times for the game yes yes uh another news uh, for you to be aware for our listener aware covid 19 this time a little bit less uh, uh less uh, less important um lyon game uh is going to be postponed and uh, will be played on Monday, the 5th of October, against Bordeaux, instead of Saturday, because two um, two players were tested positive um, uh, yesterday. Oh, so okay. they're going to do more tests again. But uh, it appears that, you know, uh, there's no, nobody else is, is infected, but still they, will, they are going to postpone the, the, the games. Yeah, well, it's good. At least it shows these tests are working, doesn't it? You know, keeping, yes, keeping players safe. So that's that, that's good news in many ways. Yes, absolutely. And they, you know, they're tested. They used to be tested three times a week in the French. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> in the French, now it's only once a week. But you know, they're very much uh, they're taking things very seriously. Yeah. So Lyon now are not allowed to uh, to train together or together. They have okay. to train in bubbles, so he may have an impact. Oh, well, that, Bas, Mattia Bassero would be delighted. He hasn't, oh, hasn't got to do any training then. <laughs> oh, that's really cool. That's <laughs> Sorry, <very> Matt. Cool. <laughs> he will not want to speak to you oh, about no, that. I'll have to keep a low profile now. Talking about friend, best friend. Friend, who is your best friend? friend. Well, rugby friends, rugby <laughs> yeah. friends. Nigel Owens, your friend. So a major milestone for him this week. Wow, yeah, I know. He's going to yeah, referee his 100th test. 
um, during the upcoming Autumn Nations. And I mean, you have to say he had a, he was superb in the match between Racing and and Saracens, wasn't he? He was very good, I have to say. Yes, yeah. he was very fair, very professional. Yes. I mean, I, I, people have been crying out. I'm sure lots of listeners. One of the frustrating things is when you see players, you know, yards in front of the kickoff, and the referees don't pick it up. And and Nigel did that. And you know, it's one of the great bugbears of fans. Also, the scrum half is given six seconds to clear the ball and, and end up getting a lot more. So it was lovely to see a referee, you know, pick up on these things. But um, yeah, he controlled the game superbly, I think. And, and, you know, what an achievement, 100 tests. And, you know, maybe then he can go back to his cows in West Wales and, uh, and hang up his whistle. Who knows? <laughs> Another two years. Maybe we'll wait until yeah, the yeah. World Cup Rugby for 2023 in France. But you need to speak French by that time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and uh, so that leads that leads us nicely to the um, uh, the review, the preview of the third weekend of the French Top 14 Championship. So, uh, just to refresh your memory, Mike and our listeners, this week we will be starting with Brive. Versus versus Po. Po is, we call it, you know, section paloise. Yeah. Um, then Saturday, and, and then Clermont versus Agen. Um, then on Saturday, we have La Rochelle versus Racing 92, uh, Lyon versus Bordeaux, Montpellier versus Castres. And I know you are very keen to speak about that game, <laughs> uh, Mike. Um, Stade Francais is going to play against Bayonne. And uh, then Toulouse Toulon could be a very, very good one, yeah. good one as well. Yeah. So uh, Brie versus Po. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be to, to be tough. Um, but so far, you know, Brief has been in a very good situation. They nearly, nearly won the game against um, Bordeaux, Bordeaux-Bègle. It's only in the last minutes that they, they, they came defeated. You know, yeah. they could have done it. And uh, Spo, le stade, uh, le, la section paloise is on a win, winning grade right now. They are number yeah, top two. of the table, aren't they? Yeah. Actually, it's Racing. Racing is the top oh, yeah, of the of table. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yes. You're right. So I think it's going to be very good, uh, very, very good the game. And uh, good news is that, again, in Brive, they will have 5,000 uh, spectators oh, in, the, in the stadium. That's so, that's yes, brilliant. it will be a uh, more, more support to a Brief team. So I'm sure it will be good. Uh, Good, uh, good match. And just to tell you more, hey, you know what? Let's be, let's hear what uh, what Simon said uh, to me about Brive and how he came involved, you know, with uh, with Brive, you know, being him being uh, an Englishman for Hertfordshire all the way to uh, to Brief. So I hope you will enjoy this. So today I have the great pleasure to speak with Simon Gillam. With the chairman and one, and is one of the shareholders of a Brive Rugby Club. And uh, a Brive rugby, rugby Club is actually referred in, in the French press as Le Cab. And altogether, you know, you may not know, but the full name is Club Athletic Brive. Corrèze Limousin, which is quite of a mouthful, Simon. Do you agree? Yeah, good. Hello, everybody. Uh, lovely to be here. Thanks very much, Veronique, for inviting me. And yes, it is a mouthful. So let's just say Brive. 
<laughs> I agree with you. And Brive is rocking right now. Um, obviously, they are part of the top 14. They've been... Uh, they, they rejoined the, the top 14 in 2012, I believe, after they beat um, um, post section Paloise. Yes, and then we went down again and then we came back again in 2019. But right now you are sitting in a very good position. No, not too bad, yeah. What is your position now? Well, we're sort of third equal on points or fifth uh, on, on points average. Um, but it's early days yet. We've only played two matches, so let's not get too excited. But still, you're just below Toulouse and above Toulon. So it's... Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's nice. That's nice. It's nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. So that's, this really leads me nicely, Simon, you know, um, to ask you the following question. So how come a man from Hertfordshire has become the chairman and one of the shareholders of Breve Rugby Club? That's a, that's a very good question. I don't really know. I sometimes sort of pinch myself. Um, <laughs> I've, I've always been passionate about rugby. Um, um, my father w was involved, my brothers, and so for me it was very logical. And um, and I love rugby, and then I, I was lucky enough to, to play a lot in France. And, um, and I stayed in France for a long, long time. I, Um, so it's home now is Paris and Breve are home for me and uh, I, I, I got involved in Breve in 2006 and thought I was there for six months to help out the then owner Daniel de Richebourg and one thing led to another and I've been I've been involved with Breve since 2006 and I love it and Breve is your second home I believe you got a nice manoir nearby oh a manoir I wouldn't say but a lovely old stone house uh, in uh, pure tradition of that that region and uh, very happy to to have a lovely view and a little bit out of brief so that when we lose I don't get attacked by all the supporters and uh, I can go and hide in my house um, and and yeah it's it's a lovely part of the world very very nice It is. I believe the uh, the stadium, the uh, le club Brive uh, Rugby Club was founded in 2010. Oh, sorry, 1910. 1910. Yeah, 1910. that's right. It's 110 years old. Wonderful, oh, wonderful good. history. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it's uh, it's actually you know we call it Brive, but it's the name of the city is called Brive La Gaillarde. It's quite a small town. Yeah, you say city. It's actually forty-seven thousand uh, inhabitants, and one of the reasons we're very proud in Brive is that in terms of population, we're the hundred tenth largest town in France, and in terms of rugby, we're one of the fourteen best clubs. So it's something we're very proud of. And so you should be, indeed. Yes, mm. we're black and white as well a bit like uh, well Newcastle but that's right <laughs> it's funny because uh, it's funny you say that because Jamie Noon used to play for Newcastle played in black and white and then he moved to Breve and played for Breve and at the end of his career uh, when we went down to the second division and uh, he I said Jamie I really understand if you want to go to another club he said no no Simon I've only ever played in black and white I'm not going to change now and the, and, <laughs> and the year after he took us back to the first division which is a lovely story and Jamie Noon still lives in the in the Breve area and uh, he's a lovely man and you also had some really prestigious um, uh, players such as Peno and a, a few others as well 
No, that's true. And 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 for uh, for our British listeners, we've also had some very big British names who have come through. We had uh, Alex Popham from Wales. Uh, we had uh, Steve Thompson uh, won the World Cup in two thousand three. Played for us, Ben Cohen as well. Uh, oh, Ben Cohen. Yeah, yeah. Ben Cohen played for us, and uh, Andy Good, amongst others, uh, all played at Brief. And uh, today we've got some some great names. We've got a guy who played for Ireland called Stuart Olding, uh, who's doing incredibly well for us. And uh, no, it's it, it, it's a real rugby club, and and that's what I like about it most. It's a real, real traditional rugby club. Excellent. So lots of fun after the the end of the match, then. Yeah, and it's it's something you know. It's because it's a small town on match day. It's a bit like being in Dublin or Edinburgh at the Six Nations because the whole town comes alive with with the rugby and um, and um, it really is. It, it's a wonderful moment. Wonderful moment. What do you think about your supporters? You know, a few weeks ago, I interviewed one of the former Saracen player, Hayden Thompson Stringer, and he was full of praise regarding the support, you know, from from the players and the song. Can you sing me a few songs? Um, no, it would be awful if I sang <laughs> to you, but there's a wonderful song uh, by the Trois Cafés Gourmands, which, uh, which is the, 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 the brief anthem, um, which, is, uh, which is wonderful, and we sing it every time, or oh, it's played every time we score a try, but I'm not going to sing it for you. You can perhaps find it and put it at the end of the... It's all about being in the choirs, and uh, you can put it at the end of the podcast. Oh, um, indeed. <laughs> and uh, but but um, the supporters we our supporters won the support the best support the big best supporters of any club last year in the top fourteen awards uh, we were awarded best supporters uh, but it, perhaps not the most objectives of supporters always uh, think when we lose that it's the ref's fault or of the, course the, uh, the opposition <laughs> cheated or whatever but uh, of but, course. But uh, yeah, but um, wonderful, wonderful supporters, and uh, yeah. one of the reasons that I love being in charge of Breve is for the supporters because there's people who don't earn very much money, big agricultural community, uh, and not much industry around, and yet they come whether it's raining or it's sunny or it's snowing, and and they spend their money on their season tickets, and yeah, and and it's wonderful, it's wonderful. Yes, and to, as you know, I was very impressed and very touched when I read your latest communication yesterday on your uh, website and on Twitter as well, you know, regarding what rugby really means to the local community and its fans and how pivotal it is to keep playing this sport. And uh, obviously, right now, it's a very dire situation with the COVID-19 yes, yes, situation. How do you see the situation in the next six months uh, if you are only allowed to welcome between five and 5,000 spectators? And what does it mean as well? How, how will it impact the viability of Brive mm. Rugby Club as a top 14? And have you received any financial support from the French government yet? Uh, gosh, that's a lot of questions. The first <laughs> question is, yeah, uh, uh, 5,000, it's already catastrophic because 60% of our revenues come from, from match day. And if you can't have people uh, going to the bar, if you can't have them going to the club shop and and you're just losing so much so much uh, money on match day if it goes down to a thousand then that's an absolute financial disaster the only the only consolation is that all the top 14 clubs are in the same position uh, 
So we're going to have to get some government support, government aid, if this continues, because they can't let professional rugby die in France. But we've been helped out with the equivalent in France of the furlough scheme, uh, which is called partial unemployment. And, um, you know, we'll just carry on. You know, the club's been going for 110 years. It'll be there. It was there long before we were there. It'll be there long after we were were here. And um, we've just got to keep fighting and, 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 and doing it for the local commerces, the local hotels, uh, local restaurants, all, all the supporters who, you know, really, really support the club. And, you know, a lot of the employers in the area, they say that productivity and morale on a Monday is affected by the results on the Saturday. And, and that's extraordinary. Yes, it has such a impact as well on the mental health of of uh, of employees of of people you know if there no sport is being played you know it has a, a detrimental effect i'm afraid so yes. uh, and but you know regarding the situation in in the uk you know it's the same situation no governmental support as yet but it's even worse because they they, they won't allow any spectators in the mm. stadium so it's uh, it's not very positive at all uh, on a more cheering note you must have heard about, you must have seen the choo-choo train. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's RWC 22-23 French train, which is part of the promotional. Uh, ah, we know <laughs> we know all about the train because I work for a company called Vivendi and Vivendi owns Universal Music. And Universal Music has been, the team's Universal Music organized all the entertainment and and the the all the events going on around the train and vivendi is a sponsor of france 2023 official sponsor and we think the train is a great idea because it's literally doing the tour de france and going to big towns and small towns and taking the rugby world cup literally because the world cup is in the train the cup itself is in the train taking it literally to to different parts of france and and it's having a wonderful effect and again going into french heartland is is so important because that's where the real rugby is absolutely and i was very very pleased to know that uh, you are going to go to Brittany in rennes in van and also not not is not really in Italy, in britain but it is actually so really really pleased that it's going you know usually we know uh, uh rugby is being seen as a southwest type of sport but it's it's, it's growing more and more so yeah i think that's really important it's, you're making a very important point there because it's getting into the west and, and with Brittany, the fact of van having a team and they're playing very much on their celtic roots you know they have like bagpipes before the game and everything. I think that's, <laughs> that's brilliant. And um, you know Lille is coming up as a rugby club. There's a club Rouen is now in the second division, so on its yes. way up. And hopefully soon, you know, you need a club from Strasbourg or somewhere somewhere like that. Um, but it's 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 great. It's great. Very positive. And as you know, oh, next time I go to Britain, to my hometown, I live in Finisterre, in Landerno. I'll definitely uh, drive down to uh, to Van and hopefully, you know, attend one of their games. Oh, that's, that's good. It's lovely. Yeah. It's a great little ground. No, it's not little. It's a great club. It's a great uh, club. Excellent. And a bit closer to home now, Simon, how do you anticipate the game versus Paul this Friday? Oof. 
Uh, interesting one. They're, they're, they've, got, they've had two, two games, two wins. They've got eight points. They're great side, very strong pack. And uh, the previous coach of Brieve, Nicolas Godignon, is now the coach at Pau. So he's got a big point to prove coming to Brieve today, and uh, on Friday, sorry. And, um, and so we'll, we'll see how it goes. It's going to be a very tough game. We've got a few injuries. Um, and the, the the crowd is really reduced, but uh, we'll just see how it goes. I'm sure they will be as loud as ever. Well, I hope so. Thank you very <laughs> much. <laughs> well, merci et bonne chance against the game on Friday. It's been a pleasure speaking to you. It's a pity we can't speak French because I would like to uh, highlight that your French is better than mine now. And I didn't believe well, yeah, you, were, but, but... you were English when you first pick up the phone. <laughs> even it's, it's even better than Johnny Wilkinson. Johnny Wilkinson well, speaks fluently well, as yeah, well. Yeah, but I've been here a lot longer than Johnny Wilkinson, so I have no excuse. <laughs> but you're... But, What is funny, you say it's better than yours, but your English is now better than mine because I've been here too long. So uh, <laughs> there you go. It's really funny. Thank you. Well, all the best and allez brive. Allez brive. Merci beaucoup. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, everybody. You know, I absolutely love speaking with Simon. Oh, it's great, great guy. You know, you know what? I uh, now so that means I've got thirteen more, <laughs> thirteen more um, club, club president to speak oh, with. Oh wow! Yeah, I bet they're, <laughs> I bet they're all reaching for their headache tablets now, are they? <laughs> I know. I have. I'll have to speak with my agents just, you know, to uh, so that they can, you know, they can wait in line. <laughs> Yeah, it's great. Well, look, back to the top 14, uh, Clermont v. Agen. Mm -hmm. um, Clermont in third place at the moment, Agen in 12th. And that's a 5.15 kickoff on Saturday. Clermont beat Toulouse 33-0, um, and they lost 21-19 to Bayonne. But Agen lost to Castra and Poe, so they haven't won a game yet. So you'd have to think... At home in the start, Marcel Michelin, I would imagine that would be a, a home win for Clermont. Mm -hmm. And we have La Rochelle versus Racing right too. Um, so La Rochelle, well, uh, let's let's wait and see. You know, they still have so far, you know, Racing is top of the league, as we yeah. mentioned, you know. So obviously, you know, I doubt very much, you know, the the key players will be playing against La, Ra yeah, La Rochelle. You'd think, yeah, absolutely. You'd think they'd be saving themselves now a little bit for the final, don't you? And uh, and after yeah. last week, you know, I'd imagine that being on such a high, yes. you know, La, La Rochelle will want to put them in their place a bit, won't they? Yes, yeah. And we'll have the Lyon versus Bordeaux, but again, you know, oh, as Monday. I mentioned earlier, it's going to be it's been rescheduled for 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 uh, I mean for Monday uh, for yeah for the fifth of October. Yeah. Uh, we will give them more more time to train, but again, you know, if they only can only train in bubble, it's not the ideal. But yeah. who knows? Maybe it would give them some more ammunition, you know, to 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 do well because they have been they haven't played uh, they haven't they, they need to ramp up. Yeah. Well, look, Sunday six o'clock, Montpellier against Castres. Mm -hmm. Well, 
Montpellier have had a disastrous start to the season. I know it's only two games, but they've lost both games. And, and they had such high expectations that I think they're, they're really under pressure. And um, so they've lost both Tupo and Racing. And Castro, just the sort of niggly team that will rough them up and make life unpleasant. And I think if um, if Montpellier lose this, I think there's going to be some serious questions. And you know the fans down there, they're not going to... They're not, they're not the patient type, really. I think they'll really start to to rock the boat if uh, if Montpellier lose again. So a lot of pressure on them. Up to Paris and the Stade Jean Bouin, um, Stade Francais. They play Bayonne on Friday night, uh, 7.45 kickoff. Bayonne are still buzzing. They beat Claremont last time out. And um, Stade Francais have only had one game due, due to their opening game being cancelled due to COVID. Um, Start one at Castra, 22-16. So another really interesting game at uh, at the, at the Star Jean Bois in Paris. And for me, the game that I would love, if I could pick a game to go at this weekend, it would, it would be um, Toulouse and Toulon. Because I think... You know, such clubs with great history, a bit of local rivalry. And, um, you know, will Toulouse be fatigued after, um, you know, their their tough game in Exeter? And uh, Toulon, uh, well, they've had a couple of good wins. They've um, won successive weekends in the Challenge Cup against Scarlets and Leicester. So um, they may have some confidence and momentum. The only thing I will say is the pitch down there in Stade Mayol looks dreadful. It looks like Nigel's, yes. been, Nigel's been grazing his cows down there. So I'm, not, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure what's Are you going saying it's full, it's full of poo? Oh, it's just dreadful. I mean, <laughs> you know, most of the, the grounds in the top 14 and sporting arenas these days have got such lovely surfaces and it's so early in the season you think, yeah, I'm not quite sure, sure what's going on there. Maybe I'll... Uh, I'll try and find out in time for the next podcast. Yes, that's that's a bit, a bit strange, but you know, as you know, no, no, the, um, the 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 grass, the uh, like we have in in Saracen, you know, the um, uh, the synthetic grass is yeah. becoming more and more um, fashionable between bracket because of the reason, because of its uh, of its um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Help me here. <laughs> Because well, of its because of its versatility, yeah. you know, it won't get damaged by by the weather and so yeah, on. Yeah, well, you so, know, most most international mm-hmm. teams now have a, a hybrid uh, system yes. where there's mm-hmm. grass and there's also a synthetic material that wraps itself around it. So it it makes the playing surface better, but it's still got the natural feel of grass. Well, I don't I don't know what to do on have got, but they yeah. haven't got either of those. Oh, but you know, talking about Toulouse and Toulon, I have to say that's a game I will relish uh, listening because we can't still see yeah, watch any yeah. any games. Unfortunately, I will relish relish uh, um, listening. You know, just yeah. to see you know what kind of Toulouse are we going to expect versus Toulon? But, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, fascinating. Lot fascinating games. Should be a great weekend. Yes, and. Uh, yeah, Heineken Cup just finished. As we know, we have yeah, to wait a few yeah. weeks before the final now between Racing, 
92 versus Exeter. You know, I was thinking it could have been a, a French, a French final. You know, I was. Yeah. That's what Midi Olympic was was forecasting, obviously, because it's a French uh, rugby uh, publication. But yeah, I have to say, I have to praise uh, Exeter. They played excellently oh, well. Yeah. I didn't expect them to play so well, and Toulouse just made too many mistakes. They were maybe too lean. Um, I think that Exeter used their big machinery, you know, with the likes of Sam Simon and, and so on. So, um, yeah, I mean, looking um, at the Racing game, you know, look at some of the stats. Um, Saracens missed 20 tackles and conceded 13 penalties. So that, um, you know, that has obviously has a big impact on the result. But but with 75 minutes gone, the Saracens were still leading. And it was only a bit of magic from Finn Russell and Vakatawa that um, put him off in for, for a try that, that, that won the game. So, uh, you know, that game could have gone either way, couldn't it? 1915, just four points in it. Yeah, so going back to uh, yeah to Racing and versus Saracen, I was obviously you know you know I'm a massive Saracen yeah. supporter, you know, but um, I wasn't too sure. I was asked, I knew they would have been very 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 tight because Racing uh, 92 is desperate, absolutely desperate yeah. to leave that cup. They lost twice in in the final, once again in 2016 against Saracen in Lyon. I know I was there. <laughs> I was wearing a t-shirt, black and red. I was anyway supposed to be in partial. I was happy for yeah. for for um, uh, for Saracen, but obviously that was the first time for Racing Metro. So they probably thought, okay, next time. And in 2018 they lost against Leinster. So now mm. this year is their year, you know, uh, for for them to to lift that trophy and to make Jackie Lorenzetti happy <laughs> with all investments, you know, that's because they don't, they are, they are, they don't have that star on the, on the t-shirt, on yeah, the jersey yeah. yet. So that would, yeah, that would be the, the icing on the cake. Oh, I think they, they well deserve it. And, but I have to say, you know, the game was a bit slow. Saracen was very strong in defense, but then I think it started going down when unfortunately the, you know, keeper, uh, Captain uh, Brad Barrett, you know, yeah. was sent off because of an injury, and yeah. he always seems to be to act like a linchpin in a pin. And yeah, sure. And he organizes the down. defense, doesn't he? He's a yeah, real linchpin of. Uh... It's amazing, and then you know, it's like you were saying, you know, the magic. Yes, yeah, one moment, and that's what Finn Russell gives you, isn't it? Yeah. Finn Russell, Vakatawa, and then him off. And uh, I was reading the. In Bindi on Olympic is that uh, Imhoff's parents were watching an Argentinian, wow. uh, Argentina that game, and the, the father was in tears, you know, yeah. when, when his son, you know, uh, played that that, I'm sure. that try. And it was. Yeah, it's his 28th, it 28th try in Europe as well. So, you know, he's got a good, good record of try scoring. Good stuff. Good. I wasn't aware of that. Amazing, amazing. Very sad for for um, Saracen because he's very much the end of an era. You yeah. know, Brad, Brad Parrott is is living now. Um, Wiggle Rose will probably retire as well. So it's the end the end yeah. of an era. But I have to say, what an era! I've been so fortunate to watch some magic rugby, some excellent yeah. rugby in the last the last few years. So uh, now it looks like the Exeter is uh, is, uh, is would be the new kid on the block. Yeah, um, yeah, they were impressive weren't they you know Exeter when they get mm. five meters from the line they're just just unstoppable and when you think that first 20 minutes it was all to lose wasn't it they pounded away at the Exeter defense and you know Exeter just just 
blocked everything out, didn't they? Yes. Toulouse yes. conceded 12 turnovers to Exeter's five. And and interestingly, both teams missed quite a lot of tackles. Um, Toulouse missed 26. And surprisingly, Ex- Exeter missed 25 tackles, which, looking at the game, you wouldn't believe that that was the case. But... Um, you know, you know, Exeter were were worthy winners, weren't they? Fourteen eleven at half time, um, it was anybody's game. But I think this, I think we we all agree the second half belonged to Exeter, and and Toulouse just couldn't break them down, could they? No, they were too light, I think. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, they they knew what were the the magic, you know, from uh, what was emanating from you know from Tamak and from. Uh, um, and from Dupont, so yeah, they got yeah, the young side. You know, Toulouse have got many, many years ahead of them, haven't they? And uh, you know, good luck to them. They are so young, and it's, it's, the future is bright. Yeah. Future looks very, very good for Toulouse and for Les Bleus. Anyway, talking about Challenge Cup, I don't know if you were the same as me, but I was sitting on the edge of my <laughs> yeah. seat on Friday evening. What a game! Incredible. Excuse isn't it? my English. What yeah. a f game! Yeah, I, know. I know. I was, I was, I was waiting to go to bed. I thought, I hope somebody scores before before it gets into extra time. But I mean, twenty all. Yes, it was past your bedtime. Time. Incredible. Goodness, well, really... yeah, well past my bedtime. <laughs> oh, that was amazing. I mean, the again, you know, it didn't start very, very well. But then, you know, they they had the the power of you know Sami. Rad, rad, rad. Yeah. Um, uh, the lovely Max Malina interviewed last week. Yes, he was yeah. Voted man of the match. You know, I think I probably brought him luck. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Well, <laughs> Radrandro, 24 carries in that game and 122 metres made. So he That's was a lot. But, but, you know, I felt sorry for Bordeaux because they used up all their replacements. So when it went into extra time, they only had 14 players left. Yes. And... Jalibert fly half looked so good in the first half, but he got injured Indeed. and went off. So, you know, when, once he got into extra time, O'Connor scored the try for Bristol just 47 seconds after the extra time period kicked off. And then you could just see Bordeaux, sort of, you could see the life drain out of them, couldn't you? And and, and Bristol run away with it. But you know, nearly 400 tackles in that game. You know, when you look at a game, you think, wow, what a fabulous attacking game. But 400 tackles. 191 from Bristol and 195 from Bordeaux. Now, if you saw those stats, you think, God, that must have been a terrible, defensive, boring game. But it was absolutely brilliant, wasn't it? And set the weekend off a treat. It was rugby on steroids. It It was, was. yeah. Unlike the game in Toulon on on Nigel's cow patch. Uh, (laughs) I mean, 16 turnovers from Leicester. Yes. And even with a yellow card for Serge Parise, it didn't help them. You know, looking at looking at some stats of this, Toulon, uh, Toulon made 133 tackles to Leicester's 86. And then again, Toulon missed 21 tackles. Leicester missed 12. And Leicester only made one line break in the whole game. Oh, so, um, you know, that, that sums it up. So, um, you know, fascinating final to come up now. But, you know, in, in aches of all places. But it really makes you think, you know, if Leicester would have played against Castres Olympique, you know, what would have been the uh, the result? It looks like maybe Castres would have... Yes, w- that's a very good point. Defeated, would have defeated Leicester yeah, yeah, and it would have been a 
Castres, uh, le Toulon versus Castres, and the score yeah. would might have been completely different. Yeah, that's a very good point. Yeah, so anyway, c'est la vie, as they say. Yeah. <laughs> so we will never know. Uh, okay, time for a French lesson. So, uh, how do you call a lock? Lock. Now, I don't know this one. Um, is it is it something? Does does he m does he m something? Is it? Yes, yeah, it does. I know you've been searching on the on Google, <laughs> and I'm telling you that. Or did you phone a friend? Or <laughs> yeah, what is it? Does he m does he m does he m Yes. So logically, what is a flanker? Troisième, is it such yeah. a word? Troisième ligne. Troisième yes. ligne. Okay, yeah. well, look, I'm getting all these French lessons. I think it's about time you had a Welsh lesson. Okay, um, let's let's give it a go. Counting got... counting one to five, okay? Yes. Starting with one, obviously. In. Im. Die. Die. Tree. Tree. Pedoir. Pedoir. Pimp. Pimp. There we are. <laughs> Fluent. Pimp. Okay, yeah. Thank so you very next, much. Next time you text Nigel, look, you can uh, you can impress him. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, can teach him, you know, how to say one, two, three, four, five. Or in uh, in Italian, it's uno, due, tre, quattro, cinque. In yeah. German, it's eins, zwei, drei, vier, fünf, Yeah, six. all right, all right. Stop showing off. Stop yeah, showing. On... <laughs> yeah, multilingual. Um, so, I've got a rugby joke for you because, you know, the, the weather is very gloomy. Oh, it's, yeah. Uh, it's, it's, yeah, we could do a cheering up, dark. couldn't we? Yeah, With all these lockdowns okay. and, you know, we can't get to rugby. And I hope it's a good yeah. one. Unless we are in France, maybe we should yeah, move to France. Yeah, no, uh, Yes, I mean, not together, obviously. No. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you stay with your life. But anyway, talking, we just uh, touched upon, you know, Welsh rugby and Welsh language. So let's uh, follow that uh, that pattern. So what do you call a Welshman in the World Cup final? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I actually know the answer to this and I don't want to say it. It's 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 the waiter, isn't it? What do you mean, the waiter? The garçon, you know, the guy who serves. The... No, no, that's not the answer, is it? Oh, okay. No, it's uh, Nigel Owens. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I think mine was funnier actually. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, on that note, you know, let's. Uh... I get a better one for next week. Yeah. Yeah, you can do a French one. <laughs> okay, yeah. There I'll are some famous some French ones. I'm sure there are. Yeah. I'll just so... check with my lawyers first, just to make sure. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, on that note, you know, I hope you will enjoy some rugby. I'm so happy that Top 14 is, is back on. Great. Yeah. Uh, and uh, for our listeners, you know, uh, please subscribe to our podcast, available on Apple and Google Podcasts. And... Uh, Leave us a review. So, yeah, thanks. Um, thanks to everybody for their kind comments. You know, we're we're having fun doing it, and and hopefully, because we're having fun, you're having fun. So so please carry on and listening and subscribe if you can. And what wherever you do, stay safe. Enjoy your rugby on telly or on the radio, and and we all look forward to catching up with you again next week. Yes, au revoir. Au revoir. Au revoir. Et la jolie cloche ding ding dong Mais boum, quand notre cœur fait boum Tout avec lui dit boum Et c'est l'amour